Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the co-founders of J&M Studios, Joseph Summers and Mandy Acosta, here to promote their webcomic, Diamond Age. Welcome, Joseph. Welcome, Mandy. Hi there, uh, Kayla. How are, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, we're, we're doing just fine. Now that we see you, we do a lot better. <laughs> well, outside of my introduction, who is Joseph Summers and who is Mandy Acosta? And what are you two about? All right. So I'm Joseph Summers. I'm Mandy. And together we are Joseph and Mandy Studios. Okay, so uh, we are... Uh, let's say art studio based in Havana, Cuba. Uh, we're starting in the comic business and we're the publishers of our main comic series, uh, Diamond Age. Uh, we started uh, together like two years ago, but uh, Diamond Age is actually a project uh, we've been preparing uh, myself for, for 16 years. I mean, I'm 33. We're both 33, but in my case, I'm 33, and I've started writing Diamond Age since I was uh, 16. It wasn't until 2019 that uh, I met this wonderful man, this wonderful illustrator that uh, made, actually made the imaging, the illustration, the coming out, the publishing of Diamond Age possible. If I'm the father of this project, Mandy here is the uncle. Let's not say the mom because he's a he's a man, you know. <laughs> so I'm the father, he's the uncle. And uh, we're like together in this. Actually, we're both co-owners of uh, Joseph and Mandy Studios. Uh, in this interview, I'll maybe I'll do most of the talking because I want to clarify Mandy's English is still in the learning process. So uh uh, any questions you have directly for him, we can like sort it out, translate. Uh, also, we are we're, right now we're in the comic industry, but we have like higher projects, uh, bigger aims. We want to enter the animation industry, and in the future we want to like touch the video gaming industry, but uh, one thing at a time, you know. Right now. We're focused on our comic, we're focused on our main series, and we're focused on bringing uh, fun to read, pleasant content to all our readers worldwide. Okay, and what about you, Mandy? Um, before you met Joseph, uh, like, what were you doing then? I, I mean, I guess as an illustrator. Uh, actually, uh, I wasn't working as an illustrator, as a published illustrator before. Uh, I always drew for myself since an early age. I created stories for myself, uh, actually never published, but it wasn't until I met Joseph that he proposed this work to me and uh, we started working on this project. Okay, and what is Diamond Age about, Joseph? Okay, uh, Diamond Age is 
let's say a fairly original project. It's about a futuristic world in which, it's a futuristic fantasy world in which uh, humans live alongside, let's say, well-known uh, mythical creatures that, uh, let's uh, call it the nerd community, the geek community, managed such as elves, wolves, dwarves, gnomes, werewolves, vampires, all the creatures, or more like all the intelligent and evolved creatures live in a society together alongside humans. It's a technologically advanced world in which uh, diamonds are used as an infinite renewable and clean energy source, hence the name Diamond Age. It takes place in planet Earth, but it's a different planet Earth than our own. It's not even the same uh, mass and it's not even the same society. It's a society in which supposedly there, there is no poverty, there is no energy shortage, there are no like hunger or resource shortages. And people, when I say people, I revolve all the creatures, human plus all the creatures, like society-like and out of society. People, uh, living beings live in a relative peace and uh, uh, peace fueled by uh, abundance of resources and uh, abundance of technological advancements that make life healthier, easier, uh, like more pleasant. You know, for example, in, in our world, humans tend to live 150 years instead of our actual life expectancy due to technological advancements, uh, genetic manipulations and such. But despite all those features, um, crime still exists, corruption still exists, uh, paranormal or supernatural events that hurt people still exist, and conspiracies still exist. Uh, you would say why if there, there is an abundance of resources. Why, all, why do all these things still exist? It refers mostly to people's spirit, you know, people's personality, people's traits, and people's willingness to be good or evil. So it's an extremely free world in which you have the freedom to be anything you want, to go anywhere you want, and to do anything you want. But if you, it depends on the path you take that the society or life itself will, will correct that path. So that's the setting of <laughs> that, the diamond world that we call it. Uh, the story itself, the main story, because we're gonna have spin-offs and such, the main story revolves about Zachary Palis and Alex Vastekis, our two main characters. They are, let's say they're two average Joes, actually they're humans, but uh, they have certain skills, training and uh, abilities, let's say special abilities uh, that allow them to work in a very risky line of work. Actually, they own a private contractor agency that tends to solve, let's say unsolvable cases. Like for example, they get hired by the police to uh, uh, like investigate or solve uh, high-risk cases uh, that the police cannot solve. For example, the the season, the arc we have published, 
is about three special police teams that have been sent to stop a non-human women trafficking ring. But all three teams have been slaughtered by an unknown weapon. And before calling the army, the chief of police sent these two under contract to check out what's happening, what kind of weapons does that group have that has been able to obliterate three fire teams. Fire is like our SWAT team, but it's written fire as the different acronym. And uh, that's the kind of cases they solve. At first, it starts slow with petty cases, but uh, gradually they will get involved in high conspiracy cases that could threaten the stability and integrity of the world. I mean, big supernatural like or uh, cases or big conspiracy cases. And that will be given by the evolution of our story. Uh, our two characters are, as I said, two average Joes, but they have their strengths, their weaknesses, their vices, their likes, their dislikes, but uh, they have something in common. They love their world. Like they consider the diamond world as our slogan, a place, uh, a place worth living in, a world worth fighting for. It's like our message to the crowd. Small spoiler, diamond age is a post-apocalyptic world. With all the premises I told you, it's a post-apocalyptic world. Mm -hmm. Now you say, how can a post-apocalyptic world be this nice, this paradisiac? You know, that will be explained in the story. But it's a world, it's not like most worlds that people like give, don't give a damn about what happens or such, or post-apocalyptic worlds that people tend to live by the day. No, it's a nice world. A place worth living in, it's a place worth fighting for, and that's the motor of our two main characters. Okay, well, can you elaborate more on the creative process on Diamond Age as a whole? So, you had an idea in your head at a really young age, and it took you what I guess 15 plus years for it to come to fruition and finish this arc right here of the 13 episodes you're now promoting. So from then to now, how was the process for both you and Mandy? All right, it, it was a long process. Uh, let's say Mandy hopped on the train later on, isn't that right? Uh, because I was the one who started the story. When I was 16, I got inspired by all these uh, let's say sandbox worlds, created worlds, like for example, the Marvel world in which all superheroes from different stories converge in one and form a big story in the same world. I was like kind of inspired like that and I wanted to create my own world. But the first story I made, the first comic I made, which was like hand-drawn and ink, it was a complete plagiarism. It was not good. I, I, I burned it to the ground, but it served as the basis for what you see now. Well, more like it served as a basis for our one of our main characters, which is Zach Vital. And through character development, I started developing the world. At first, it was like some kind of medieval world, then it turned to World War II, then it turned to modern. And then when I saw that uh, I wasn't mature enough like to create 
seemingly modern world, I want, I said, screw it. Let's create a futuristic one where I can move all the strings the way I please. You know, like always respecting scientific facts and uh, creation rules and such, and some kind of realism too. But uh, that's how the, let's say the original script came to evolve. And uh, it was like one line at a day for 16 years. So uh, I started drawing, trying to draw when I was 20 years old, but uh, I got diagnosed by then with a keratocone. It's a benign, it's a coronal disease. And uh, right now I have four surgeries in my left eye, which affects, kind of affects my drawing ability, especially in the field of depth and symmetry. So the more I drew, the more I knew that I needed help. I couldn't do it all by myself. So I started looking for illustrators. Uh, many came to me, none fitted the profile, none gave me the images I needed until I met this guy. And uh, he's like the only one who, through a harsh process, I mean a hard practicing meeting, and uh, a harsh creative process finally managed to bring out the Zach Vitalik and Alex Vastek, which I needed. I mean, our two main characters. The drawing, the image I needed for the, those two main characters. Then the rest came along. We started designing the, what the world would, would look like together. We started, I shared him my story. He liked it. Uh, he even gave me tips to even uh, make our scripts better. And little by little, uh, we brought out what you see now, you know. Uh, right now, we follow the standard creation process. Like, I create, I create the story. It's like a two-man job, actually. I create the storyboard. Uh, if you see our, if you see my storyboard, you would disinherit me because the drawings are like really bad. But uh, at least he understands what he need, what I need. I create the storyboard. He checks them out, and uh, through visual material, uh, he starts the drawing. I check the drawings. If the drawings are good, then he starts inking and scanning. Once it's inked and scanned, I receive the image. I process the images like uh, cleaning them up and put them on digital. I color them and then I send them back to him so he can check the quality of the image and kick my ass over everything I do wrong. So <laughs> he's like the quality controller as well. Okay. Then we start the paneling process. Uh, we have a, in our contract, we have an agreement that uh, and he agreed to it as well. He doesn't have access to the full script. So he has access to the scripts by chapter. It's like he's creating the own series with these. And he likes it that way. It's like makes him more passionate about what he does. And uh, he checks the panel link, he checks the story, he checks the chapter and once he has his green light, it's the moment reprocess, resize, and publish. It's actually a pretty complex and long process. We're still polishing along the way. But uh, it has turned out all right until now. But in fact, the creation process 
has been really, really, really long. It has been not tiresome, it has been like fun, but also worryingly fun. That's the, that's the true word for the whole creative, for the whole creative process. Uh, we also have our schedule, one, some days for drawing, some days for paneling, some days for designing. The designing days are the most difficult because it's like making char characters from scratch, vehicles from scratch, layouts from scratch. But it's actually a very fun process. I, I bet you love design. Don't you love design if you don't like it? Well, Mandy, how has it been working with Joseph? How has it been now creating illustrations to actually be published now instead of just for yourself? Y cómo ha sido para ti el proceso de crear ilustración ahora para un proyecto que se está publicando y no para ti como audiovisual. Bueno, trabajar con Joseph ha sido muy divertido, como él dice, eh, con los historiadores que él hace. Nos reímos mucho. He says it has been fun working for me, uh, especially with the storyboards I do, which he wants to punish me for the way I draw. I draw things. <laughs> Yo realmente no pensaba dibujar para nadie, pero él me presentó la historia en parte, no me la dijo toda, y me gustó mucho. Yo no quise que me contara el final. I didn't think I would draw for anybody in my life, but he presented me with this story. I loved it, and uh, I myself told him not to tell me what happens next or what happens at the end. Y entonces me dije, esta historia debe ser dibujada. And I said to myself, this story must be drawn. Okay, so how difficult was the world building for, I guess for the both of you for Diamond Age? How do, how do you two manage to create a world that is totally your own and integrate your influences in it, but maintain that Diamond Age is yours and no one else's? Uh, well, I told you, I have been polishing this whole thing, not just the story, but the world itself for 16 years. Swiftly said, but it's been a long time. Imagine a day has 24 hours and 16 years is a whole lot of days. So it's a whole lot of time that I dedicated to thinking this over. I told you this world has gone through many ages, many uh, aesthetics and many uh, layouts. It has been, uh, at first, it was hard to figure out where to place it or how to make it or what would it look like. Or, for example, one of the key things in the world you're going to create what kind of government would be in that world or what kind of society you want to show in your story to the, to the world. But once you have that figured out, the rest comes all by itself. Anytime, you know, it could be, uh, I'm gonna tell you the best, the moments I have my best ideas. One of them is right before sleeping, you know, the moment that you're in your bed and you're trying to catch the sleep. I have a notebook in my, 
bad table so I can write every good idea I have. It has been like that process. The other one is when you're showering. <laughs> Some of the best ideas come when you're showering. Uh, also while doing the dishes. Some of the best ideas actually come when you're doing the dishes and also at work. When, for example, my boss is giving a meeting and I don't want to listen to him, all the ideas come, you know, <laughs> or to her because I've had women bosses as well. Uh, it's like every good, every idea you think it's good, write it down when it comes because later, like 10 minutes or 20 minutes later, you're going to forget them. Life has given me that harsh lesson. And I'm always with my small notebook, right now it's with my cell phone, that every idea I think is good, I write it down as it comes. And then when I sit in the creative process, I polish it. That's how Diamond's age was built. Story regarding and world regarding. Little by little, all these years. And uh, Mandy here, actually, he polishes the ideas I already made. I'm not the only one doing the thinking down here. Even if his job is the illustrator and quality control, I tell him, I don't want to be the only one I, that does the thinking. If you have an idea, if you have a plot, or if you have a question, you ask me and we can discuss it. I mean, every, it's a world so big because it's actually a planet Earth double our size, double our diameter, with much more land and such. It's a world so big that any plot hole must be filled as it comes, you know, and it's a story that will be so long. I'm telling you about 10 years worth of scripts, of story scripts, maybe 20 according to this webcomic platform standards, because what, what one chapter has to be divided into 13 in Tapas, because they have a maximum number of pages they allow, something like that. And, uh, it's a world so big that every plot or every idea fits must be developed and must be uh, must be like enriched. Mm -hmm. And uh, a world so big offers you the advantage that anything is possible, actually. Well, do other of you um, have any have any advice for other creators that you wish someone would have told you when you first started? Oh, yeah, many. I have a book of advice. Consejos para otros creadores. I have a book, a book of advice. I have a Santa's gift list worth of advice. But uh, I'll tell you those that are most important for us. One of them is that if it's your dream, pursue it to the last consequences. Look at me, 16 years in the creative process. The second one is that structure your dreams before pursuing it. Because if you have a story that is not structured, it's not like linear, it's not, it doesn't make any sense, or I don't know if it's not likable, an unlikable story, no one will follow. So you have a dream, yes, of course, I, we respect that, but structure that dream in favor of logic and uh, logic, aesthetics, and uh, let's say in favor of the viewer's pleasure. When I say dream, I'm meaning a creative dream of any kind. The third thing is before publishing, read a lot. 
not just from famous people, but also from those that are right that are publishing at the moment and are gathering viewers during the moment. The other thing is learn to promote before publishing. <laughs> that's that's key in here. And uh, the other advice is, and this is the most important, is that wherever you're standing, wherever you are uh, like producing this or whatever your society is, whatever your government is, whatever your land is, if it's a war zone, a peace zone or, or, or an other zone, uh, this is a, the creative process is a rough process. It could be fun only if you make it fun, but it's a rough process. It's, uh, it's a very hard way to go where you will receive both positive and negative, negative, both positive, negative, constructive and destructive critics. And you have to be ready if it's what you like, if it's your real dream, if it's your way of life, if it's the life you want, you have to be ready for that. You have to be ready to receive all that wherever it comes from. And you have to be ready to deal with that accordingly. It's not like, like some creators I've seen over the years, which I will not name for a purpose of ethics, that want to commit suicide because their comic hasn't enough views or people tend to criticize it negatively. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not, if you're gonna get into that road with those negative results, don't take this, don't take this way of life because you're gonna receive every kind of criticism possible from any people. Even, even if your art is good, envious people will try to destroy it from every way, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, the last advice is that pursue your dreams no matter if you're ready for to pursue your dreams, pursue them no matter the cost. And one last advice for creators, I almost forgot, is that the difference between a frustrated creator and a non-frustrated creator, let's eliminate from successful, let's say frustrated and non-frustrated, is that the frustrated creator never publishes. The non-frustrated creator always has an art that he or she or it has shown to the world. And uh, it's better to be criticized negatively than to not be, not have been criticized or seen at all. That's my final message to every new creator, old creator, or in process of getting old creator we see out there. That's our message. Look at us, 16 years preparing a project, struggling to get it published, and now in a podcast with a prestigious channel such as yourself. It can be done, no matter where you are. Well, what about you, Mandy? Um, what advice would you offer to other illustrators now that you're getting into publishing that you wish someone would have told you when you first started? que no tuviera miedo a equivocarme, que me equivocara, 
Porque en lugar de él lo que hace crecer. His advice to other creators is don't be afraid to stumble or be wrong because being wrong or uh, getting like uh, bad events or getting things wrong is what makes you grow. De hecho, nos hemos equivocado varias veces y eso es lo que nos ha hecho avanzar aún más we've been wrong a lot of times in our process and that has helped us advance and be where we are right now that's a fact actually about okay well my last question for the both of you is what is your idea of success i ask that because as creators if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art we're considered failures or we'll consider ourselves failures many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because as you said joseph that this career path can be highly intimidating and competitive so what is uh both of your idea of success quote-unquote success okay uh in order to talk about success, we have to uh, separate success from projections. Mm -hmm. Actually, projections, the projections are like the objectives you have when you start this thing. And the success is, and actually to be successful is when your project reaches a point in which you are happy with it, in which you are like, uh, cool with it in which you say like uh yeah okay i started this and right now i am where i'm supposed to be so it's like short-term success and long-term success that long-term success is the projection part so my idea of success is what we're living right now i mean we started a, wor a whole world an original story a whole world that uh like it hasn't two, two original characters that haven't been seen in other stories an original world that hasn't been seen in other stories it's like all we have done it's like all us with some similar concepts here and there for example the elf concept the dwarf concept there is nothing new about there is nothing new under the sun there are similarities here and there but the story is original the world is original and uh, we have created a world that is like flourishing right now because we have we first of all we have published it like the first chapter we published it's already a sign of success you know we have published it now we have uh, it's actually you see 13 chapters in tapas but it's actually seven chapters but we have to split it in into several Parts due to tapas regulations, but in six chapters we have published, and in those six chapters, uh, I'm gonna recognize the art may not be good in the first three chapters, not be uh, not good because we love it, but as good as it is in the latest three chapters, you know what I mean. So the improvement of the art is another measure of success. You know, we've been like. Uh, with all the wrongs, with all the downturns in this path, we have had a kind of success, uh, which is the gradual success. I mean, we have created the world, we have created unique characters, 
we have published, we're out there, we have followers, we have readers, uh, we have uh, passed on to stage two of DARPAS, which is the ad sharing stage, which is some kind of monetization despite all the limitations and stuff. So in our, for our standards, we have been successful up until this stage. What is the next stage of success reaching our projection? As I said before, we want Diamond Age to be a really long, well, not, it's not that we want. The scripts are made to be a really long series. I mean, One Piece kind of, do you know, you know the manga series One Piece, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay, so it will be long like One Piece kind, that's one of our projections. It will have five big, sorry for the world, five big ass seasons with a lot of soft arcs. And uh, the story as it is written is good. We expect it to be good on drawing, on images. So it's another projection. We expect to have to not to have a lot of followers. It's, it's important, but more important is that the followers we have enjoy what they read, enjoy what they see. So that's another kind of projection. And besides uh, the comic, a uh, part of our uh, of our industry is just the spine. We want to enter the animation world. We want to enter the video game world, and in the future, we want to enter the revolutionizing VR technology technology world and the holotech world, which which is holographic technology world as well. We have a lot of project, a lot of written projects for that. So those are like the projections we have. That's like our idea of long time success. But if we don't get there, at least we have made the effort, we have fought for it. And that's, that's our idea of success. More than the results, the effort we have put and the results we have gathered so far, which are more than we ever dreamed of in our like teenage years. Well, how much of it do you have outlined already? Because you mentioned One Piece. One Piece is ridiculously yeah, long. It's so, uh, 1,045 chapters. Well, sorry, 1,044, 45 is coming soon. Uh, well, I have the whole script written, start to finish of the whole seasons. I mean, this series has the beginnings written, not only the series beginning, but the character origins beginning. It has all of it written. It has the parkour written. I mean, the what the seasons will be all about, the characters that will appear. I mean, the way the way their, their main characters are gonna go through, it's already written. And the ending, the, the whole ending of the series is written, which I mean, it's gonna be epic. Once you get to know more about the world, the characters and the series, the ending is going to be like, wow, this happened at the end. Uh, what might change during the script, uh, within the scripts is the, let's say, the way to get from the beginning to the end. Because we could add more chapters, we could add more characters, new scripts would come. Uh, between Mandy and I, we have written the scripts for spin-off series that are not necessarily about Zack and Alex and are not necessarily elegant, elegant, violent action as you have seen in this 
first chapter. We have written a sports series, a sports spin-off series set in the world of Dan Lake. We have written a slice of life office comedy series set in the world, all of that set in the world of Dan Lake, a romance series and a kids series. And you would say with all that blood I've seen, how could Dan on the page have a kids series? But there is there, there will be a kids directed spin-off as well. Without blood, of course, and without violence. More like kids stuff, kid friendly stuff, family friendly stuff. So we have what might, as I said before, what might change along the way is the way the story is told from start to the spine up to the finish. But the spine of the story is already written. Okay, and what about, uh, what about you, Mandy? What is your idea of success as a creator? What is the idea of success as a creator? Interesting question, he says. Realmente, mi idea es llevar a Diamond Age lo más alto posible. Pero mi idea como creador es seguir dibujando, que es lo que me gusta. Realmente no tengo así un propósito definido. Me gustó mucho la historia y después de Diamond Age me gustaría seguir con Joseph creando que de hecho tenemos otras ideas que vendrán de, después de Diamond Age Alright, so uh, he said, uh, Mandy said that my idea of success is not yet well defined uh, but I have objectives I want to bring Diamond Age to the top I want to keep doing what I love doing which is the drawing process, drawing and uh, even if Diamond Age finishes, uh, I want to continue with Joseph in other projects if life allows us to. And uh, basically my idea of success right now is to keep doing what I love, which is drawing. There's something I wanted to add, he hasn't said it, but the sports spin-off is script, not mine. So that's when you see the sports spin-off, it's all his. I'm just helping him like polish, not polish, sorry. Doesn't need polishing. Adapt the script to the Diamond Age world, which is in our contract also. Okay, um, so do you two plan on expanding your team from it just being you two to maybe more people, more script writers, more um, illustrators, and maybe editor or whatever it may be, since there's two of you right now, do you plan on expanding uh, for more collaborators to the studio? Well, it's actually four of us right now. I mean, it's me as the, well, <laughs> I'm the creator slash writer slash storyboarder slash colorist slash paneler slash translator. He's the illustrator slash quality controller, controller. We have a community manager and we have a a manager or role to process our payments and such. So it's four of us. But yes, we want to expand. We want to hire more illustrators, professional colorists, other writers. We are going to hire a full team of assistants, no more like assistants, let's say teammates. Sorry, I chose the word the word poorly. More teammates that can uh, go through these roles with us as soon as the conditions are met. Yes, okay, and um, 
when do you plan on um, adding more, I guess, more chapters or starting the new arc? Because I know you finished the, the first arc is already done and published. So when is the, I guess, the next one going to start up again? All right. Uh, that's, uh, that's a complicated question. In fact, the first arc is not finished yet. We published the, like, uh, one part of the epilogue today on Tapas. There is another part coming. Then we have to publish the, because this arc is actually the prologue of our series. This whole life and arc is the prologue of our series. Oh, we want to okay. publish the season one trailer next, which is gonna be, uh, you guys call it Ashcan, which is a six page comic, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be an Ashcan and it's gonna be a trailer. We're gonna try to animate it as well going to be the trailer of what will come in the season one. Then we'll publish some uh, Q&A chapters, which is a common uh, tradition among creators. And then we're, we'll start by publishing chapter eight, which is the first chapter of the first season. Oh, okay. And you will see the beauty of Centralis City by day. Because all, all you've seen up until now, it's a bad night in a really dark, scary, and bad place for our heroes' line of work. But when you see the city, when you see the society, if you check on our Instagram page, I've been publishing images of what the city would look like by day. You see the city, you'll see, you'll fail at its beauty. And what we're still working on improving the art so that, let's say that, the message we want to transmit about the city, about the Diamond Age society, gets to readers at the Paralysiacal World. Okay. Um, is there anything else that either of you want to touch on about Diamond Age, um, the series as a whole, or um, maybe, a, I don't want to say a bit more spoilers, but maybe something that the uh, readers or subscribers that want to maybe check out um, the web comment on Tapas Maybe you want to give, give them a little taste of that if you want to. Yeah, okay. There's a lot to talk about Diamond Age, even if you haven't reached the glory days of the city. Uh, what I tell to readers, creators, co-creators like that, if you want to see a completely original story with new concepts, new characters, elegant violence, which means that no gods out, but there is blood and there is realism. And uh, what, uh, a new, let's say two new, uh, two new styles. One is the real, real, uh, fantastic realism, which means like realism within a fantasy a setting. And the other one is like, a new art style we're trying to bring along, which combines manga elements, Western elements, and Spanish comic elements. If you want to see all that in a brand new, long-lasting, fascinating story, Diamond Age is your read. And I would like to say to all the readers out there that love us, that support us, Thank you for everything. And to all new readers, welcome to the Diamond World. 
All right. Well, again, I want to thank the co-founders of JM Studios, Joseph Summers and Mandy Acosta, for joining me here today to promote their webcomic Diamond Age. I highly recommend our listeners to consider reading and subscribing for more updates. All of JM Studios' socials and website will be listed in this episode's details for those who are interested. Again, I am Kaya Skarner, and you have been listening to the Solo Number Podcast. Thank you. Thank you as well. It has been an honor for us to participate in our in your podcast. Well, thank thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you.